You're tuned in to Nerd Overload, your weekly show for video games, movies, TV shows, comics, tech news, and more. Now your hosts, Cody Pinnock, Samantha Cross, Sam Dunham, and Josh Harrison. Hey everybody, welcome to Nerd Overload, the Jabberjaw of Pop and Geek Culture Podcast. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> That's for you to decide. I'm Cody. I'm Sam. And I'm Samantha. Oh, we have a great show for you this week. Thank you all for tuning in. We have a bunch of news to go over, but first let's talk about some things we have been checking out. We watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay, yeah, yeah, the uh, Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was very boring. Really? Almost extremely so. And you almost turned it off like yeah. halfway through. Well, it was one of those like, how far are we into this? And you pause it and it's like, you're almost coming up on halfway. It's like, oh my God. Oh, really? I feel like I've been watching this for three years. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So what's the uh, what's the main thrust of the movie? What's the, what's the main plot of the movie? Um, it's kind of like a historical reimagining of the... Manson murders. Oh, but okay. Focuses mainly on two fictional, a fictional actor and his fictional stunt double. Okay. Played by uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt is the other guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's them. And they are not as interesting of characters as Tarantino seems to think they are. Yeah, I mean the it seems like it's kind of in the same vein a little bit as. Um, Inglorious Bastards, because that was also a fictionalized version of real life-ish yeah. events. It's very similar, I think. Yeah, okay. But that at least had an interesting like thrust about it. Yeah. It, it at least like was saying something, even mm-hmm. if it was just like, hey, Nazis are dumb. Yeah. This doesn't just kind of flounders around and doesn't really do anything. Yeah. But, like, give you a look into these two guys' life that's not just they don't really ever do anything interesting. Yeah, it's it seemed like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character was kind of nearing the end of his career. Like, he was yeah. kind of a washed up actor yep, or some, he, something he along those lines. A, he was on a cowboy TV show in the 50s and mm. he's trying to make his way in the, I guess, it's the 60s when this happens. Late 60s, Late 60s early 70s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a waste of Margot Robbie. She didn't really get to do anything. Yeah. She just kind of walked around. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Which is a shame because she's great. <laughs> yeah. From the trailers, it looked like they found someone like uh, Bruce Lee, like plays yeah. a bit part or something. And the guy that they found to play Bruce Lee looked the part. Yeah. He looks like Bruce Lee. He doesn't act like Bruce Oh, like, he doesn't? No. He's a, he, they turn Bruce Lee into kind of a jerk. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gets beat up by Brad Pitt's character, which is dumb. That nobody can beat up Bruce Lee. Nobody. Bruce Lee. He's Bruce Lee. That's yeah. <laughs> huh. I, I have a hard time believing this fictional character could beat up Bruce Lee. Like... <laughs> yeah, it just it's this movie is one of the ones that I just didn't have any interest in seeing, just because yeah. it just didn't look. Don't. It's not worth it. Not worth it. It is huh. absolutely not worth it. Actually, I'm going to go ahead and spoil it because I don't think you should watch it it anyway. They go to the wrong house. The Manson family goes to the wrong house. Mm. That's where the alternate history split is. Oh, really? It's what if the Manson family went to the neighbor's house instead and the neighbor was this washed up actor and his stunt double. And they just beat up everybody, right? They beat up the Manson family. They just beat the crap out of them and that's. That's it. That's what you wait three hours to see, <laughs> wow. basically. 
But like, no, man, that's that's a bummer. It's probably the worst Tarantino movie I've seen. Really? And I've seen most of them. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> See, I, I never saw The Hateful Eight, and I, I heard that one... I heard that one was interesting, but one that you wouldn't want to, like, have repeat viewings. Yeah, it's of. fine. Yeah. I saw that one. It was fine. Yeah. It was like Django that wasn't as good. Yeah. <laughs> Which I did. I liked Django. I thought that was a good movie. Yeah, Django was good. Django was fine. Do you think maybe The Shine is finally starting to come off of Tarantino's oh, stuff? Yeah. A bit? Because yeah. this, this seemed incredibly self-indulgent, yeah. too. Like, is a lot of them driving around, like, listening to Tarantino's favorite jingles from the late 60s on the radio. <laughs> okay, here's here's a question. How many nasty bare feet were there? Oh, a lot. Oh. Yeah, I kind of figured. I figured there was a bit. <laughs> it, it's like he views women as just a giant pair of feet. Like, it started feeling that way. Really? Uh, partway through the movie. Oh. Sometime after Margot Robbie's filthy movie theater feet. <laughs> wow. <laughs> It is probably his most self-indulgent mm-hmm. film. Yeah. Well, I mean, you at least have to give Tarantino credit. He is, I mean, he's confident <laughs> enough to put his, the stuff that he is super <laughs> into right up there on screen. It's, it's the most self-indulgent film of a man who makes incredibly <laughs> self-indulgent films. <laughs> wow. The best, yeah. my favorite part was the after credits. Where it's Leonardo when it's DiCaprio's, over. yeah, when it's, <laughs> when it's Leonardo DiCaprio's character doing a fake ad for Red Apple cigarettes, which is like Tarantino's fake brand of cigarettes. Sure, yeah, that was actually kind of funny. The rest of the movie, like, was nearly painful. <laughs> really? Oh, well, I'm, well, I'm, I, I feel kind of bad hearing that, you know, because I've always been a fan of Tarantino stuff. Yeah. Although you always kind of figure, okay, his early stuff, that's kind of where it's at, you know. Yeah, I'm afraid to watch Kill Bill. That's my favorite one. Yeah. Is one of my and a long for a long time if you asked me what my favorite movie is, I would have told you that. Mm-hmm. And like now I'm afraid to go back and watch it. Like is it really that good? Part 1 holds up. Part it's been a, a little longer since I've seen part 2. I'm not sure if part 2 holds up. Yeah, I don't think I've seen part 2 Boy, more yeah, than once. I haven't once. seen them in years. Maybe twice. Yeah. It's part 1 still holds up. I watched that a year or so ago, I want to say. And it was and it was good. It still had some of the, the the foot stuff, and it had some of the fascination with Uma Thurman stuff. <laughs> but like, it was it was overall a good film. The second part, I well, I I guess I didn't like the second part as much the one time I did see it. Yeah, but I mean, like, you it had to happen that way. Yeah. I feel like like you couldn't have kept up the first part for another movie. I oh sure, think. sure. No, that's yeah, that's understandable. The other thing I did. Yeah. Was play D and D for the first time seriously. Hey, all right, okay. I mean, I mean, I've I've fooled around with it in the past, not seriously. Yeah, but this is like the first actual campaign that I've ever done. Con- that, congratulations! Like had actual like I don't know somebody put time into it. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, it was really fun. I really enjoyed it. If you haven't played it before, but you've listened to podcasts of people play it, mm-hmm. you already got it. Oh, okay. Like it's that. It's not. It's surprisingly not complicated to play. Oh, good. I always figured it might be a little bit of a slog, but it is not. Okay, awesome. Awesome. So who is your character? What's his uh, name? My character is named Ragnar Keen. Okay. He's a paladin yeah. who is hunted by a demon that killed his family. 
and uh, he's kind of searching for this monster to get revenge and to free his family's soul, but also afraid. Like, he doesn't know if he's the hunter or the hunted of this particular monster. Ah, gotcha. And he also, one of his flaws is that he can't sleep at night. Like, he has a real hard time sleeping. <laughs> um, I described how he looked to one of the other players, and, they, and he goes, so Eraserhead from My Hero Academia. And I'm like, darn it, you're right. <laughs> I did act design a guy that looks exactly like a racer <laughs> from my Hero Academia. Oh wow! <laughs> um, I blew all of my charges for lay hands on myself because I didn't understand exactly how that skill is supposed to be used. Oh, okay. It's not really a healing move as much as it is a move to get people out of f- save people from dying. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a battle going on on one side of the, the, the room and you're just over here just like rubbing, yeah. your, rubbing yourself down that's what I i'm like i can lay hands on myself and the dm's like yeah that's you can do that <laughs> but you get a pool of five times you can use it to restore one hit point and i just burnt all five <laughs> why would you do that I didn't. I didn't get how it worked, which I'm glad they let me make that mistake and yeah. learn. Oh yeah, instead sure. Instead of saying no, you can't do that. That's dumb. Like yeah, well, that's a sign of a good DM. That's, yeah, they let you do the dumb stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and now I know. Save your lay hands. Yeah. Well, that's that's awesome. I'm I'm a little jealous. I've always <laughs> wanted to play D and D, and I've just for whatever reason um, been almost into a couple of campaigns and always fell through. So yeah. Enjoy. That's yeah, we, we've got one one session. You in. got one under your belt. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> it didn't end well for Ragnar Keen either. Mm. Um, we ended up split. I split off with one of the other characters to chase down. Somebody. Oh, you split the party. Yeah. Oh, you'd never and, split the party. <laughs> and uh, I got shackled by some sort of demon and his mind flare minions mm. with, with shackles that put me to sleep. Oh, so, well, I mean, uh, hey, you're going to feel great in the morning. Yeah. I mean, if you have trouble sleeping, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know. So we'll see what happens. Slap you with uh, the ambient shackles and, yeah. and knock you out for a night. So that's where I'll start next time. Oh, okay. Wherever. We were trying to find people were disappearing mm. and being sold into uh, gladiator fights, I guess. Oh, and nice. And we were trying to discover who was doing this and why. Okay. And it sounds like I'm going to be sold into gladiator Gladiator fights. Okay. Well, right on. Right on. But yeah, it was super fun. Oh, cool. Um, Okay, so I really haven't checked out a whole lot this week, which seems to be what I say every week. I Uh, think everybody says that every week. I think so, yeah. But uh, um, the non-geeky thing I did this week is I went down and saw the Blue Jackets play this week, which was a lot of fun. If you ever... Anybody... Okay, this this episode is going to be surprisingly sports centric. <laughs> yeah, it really is, especially during the second half of the show. That's a little teaser, but uh, I'm just just a blanket suggestion to folks who are listening. If you ever get a chance to go down to Nationwide Arena and catch a, a Blue Jackets game or any kind of hockey game, hockey is a great sport. Even if you have no idea what's going on, because it is really easy to pick up. It's just people skating back and forth. It moves really fast. Bright lights. There's always something go- moving. It's not like it's not like football where there's you know stoppages of play. It's not like baseball where you know innings go forever. Because I I like baseball, but like it, yeah, you I, know, I, it I, can, I would say I, I like baseball. Yeah, yeah. But like hockey, it's constantly moving. 
the timer barely ever stops. So, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it, it it's always moving. It's always moving. And uh, between, you know, commercial breaks for, because, you know, these things are televised. So they take commercial breaks and they always have like stuff on the Jumbotron. Again, always something to, to look at. It's, it's a blast. You ever get a chance to go down there, do it. Highly recommended. Uh, the other thing I checked out, um, I went back and rewatched the made-for-TV movie Max Headroom, 20 Minutes into the Future. <laughs> Didn't we talk about Max Headroom recently? Recently? Um, not on the show. Oh, maybe not. Okay. We talked about Matt Frewer, who was in... That's right. Um, it's the reason why I watched Max Headroom, because of a week or two ago, I watched the... Um, uh, Generation X. That's what it made was. for a TV we were movie. Talking about that. And uh, <laughs> it, the villain was a, played by a guy named Matt Frewer, who was Max Headroom. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna check out Max Headroom, and and because I'd watched the movie years ago, and decided, yeah, this seems you know 80s nostalgic enough, and it it holds up. It's wow. It's I don't a, think I've ever seen it. Okay, it's very cool. It's a very Surprise. neat. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, the the made for TV movie, the the TV series is available on DVD, but the made for TV movie that aired in Britain uh, has never been commercially released. So it's huh. like you can wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You can find places on online to find it, but it was like you know second generation taped off of a VHS kind of a uh, transfer. But the the whole thing is set in a dystopic future where like television stations own everything. And people are pretty much locked behind their TVs. You know, that's they te- television is the number one thing. And um, Matt Frewer plays this uh, character, um, Edison Keene, I think his name is, something like that, where he's like an investigative journalist for a station. And he discovers that one of his station is planning to cram 30 seconds worth of ad space into three seconds so that they can fit more ads in, which has a side effect of causing people to explode. <laughs> And because he's found out the truth and he's being chased by these cops, he gets in a motorcycle chase and cracks his head into like a an off ramp that says Max Headroom, you know, whatever, <laughs> however many meters. So they go, oh, God, this guy is like our television, like our number one anchor. We got to get him back on screen. But he's in a coma. What do we do? They upload his brain into a computer, but it's all scrambled from getting hit. And so that's how Max Headroom gets created and it turns into like it's a lot of Matt Frewer playing against himself like as as you know straight laced you know I'm going to get to the truth you know reporter and you know Max on screen you know doing his computer hijinks hijinks <laughs> and basically taking down the this uh corrupt uh television station and corrupt government it's kind of what it is a stand-in of but it's really cool it's a you know near dystopic future looks a lot like the super mario brothers movie (laughs) hey that you know what that movie didn't look bad it didn't look like mario brothers but But it it didn't look bad well cool cyberpunk look (laughs) well there's a good reason why it looked it max headroom looked like that Uh, two out of the three creators of max headroom directed and wrote super mario brothers the movie (laughs) well there you go yeah so it sounds like cyberpunk, but instead of internet, it's television. <laughs> it's you know what? It seems very much like cyberpunk, the the tabletop game. Huh. Like there's a class in uh, the cyberpunk games, uh, tabletop oh, that's game. Right. That's like a, a news, like a shock jock news anchor yeah. type, and that is that's this character. Man, that's the game we need to play. We that, need to play it, cyberpunk. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Is there any podcasts that do that? Uh, yes, oh. yes, there is. Uh. 
was it Dark Dice City or something like that? It's kind of a comedy podcast. Uh, it's really well done. I they do it in like twelve episode seasons. So like, um, but it's it's really well done. Shoot, like I a thought lot. we could corner that market for a minute. But like, that's the only one. So, oh. <laughs> I mean, how many D and D? Yeah, how many D and D podcasts are there out there? Yeah, like a million. A, a million. Yeah, against one other <laughs> cyber cyberpunk twenty twenty. And, when that, and sure. when that game comes out, mm-hmm. it's going to blow up. Oh, like, it is. Everybody's going to want to get right. that cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I guess Polygon did that one video where... That's uh, true. Yeah, where they uh, they did a live play of it. Which had, Have you ever watched that? Uh-uh. A lot of fun. Very, <laughs> very fun. <laughs> but really, that's, uh, that's all I've checked out this week. How much time we got? Because speaking of uh, D&D podcasts... Yes. Samantha and I have both been super into Rude Tales of Magic. Oh, okay, recently. yeah, yeah. It is a very good and very very funny uh, oh, yeah. Dungeons and Dragons live play podcast. Cool. All right. It's mostly just improv and narrative based. They don't do a whole lot of like dice rolling and stuff, mm-hmm. but it's better off for it because everybody on the show is hilarious. They all have like comedy or comics backgrounds. Yeah, it, yeah. It really shows, and it's a really entertaining. Yeah, I D podcast. Yeah, I listened to the first episode of it, and I liked it a lot. Um, I have this thing, uh, and I talked about it off the air. Um, I have this thing where I have a hard time listening to more than one D and D podcast at at one time. I I start to get the, uh, I get characters mixed up, and like start getting like the storylines mixed up a little bit. I just have a hard time following yeah. them. And uh, I'm I'm uh, real deep into the um, Spelljammer uh, live play podcast called Gem Jammer, which was done which is done by um, it's a spinoff podcast of uh, there was a show called Gem Jam where they reviewed every episode of Gem and the Holograms, <laughs> and one of the characters in this is basically um, Jerrica and Gem <laughs> in in Gem Jammer, and it's it's a lot of fun. But um, uh, anyway, yes. But yeah. I, I the one episode of, the, of uh, Rude Tales I listened to was really good. I liked it. I, I love how unique their characters are too. They're all none of them fit like a fantasy trope. Like there's a a Sasquatch lady mm, mm-hmm. and uh, you know a fawn and a skeleton man who has like a big powdered wig. <laughs> He's like a fancy wizard skeleton man nice. uh, named yep. Frederick de Bonesby. <laughs> And the other character is his cook, who's this little little. Uh, is he a raven? No. Or a crow? He's a he's a little crow man. They had a different word. Cutku is the name of the race. Mm. But he's a little crow man named uh, Stir Fry, <laughs> and he's very funny because he's just like incredibly dumb and yeah. ineffectual. <laughs> See that? See that's the kind of D and D campaign I would like to get into. One where you can make jokes and be be dumb. Yeah. Because like I tried the one that I almost got into. I tried to be kind of goofy. As it turns out, the DM was had a very serious story in mind, and our play styles were not gelling. <laughs> it lasted one session, and that was it. <laughs> but yeah, that podcast sounds awesome. I might have to jump back into it and give it another shot. I'd have to say the only downside is the episodes are like two hours long. Yeah, like they're, that they're was the long. other. Yeah, that was the other thing that kind of turned me off a little bit with it. But, but I mean, you know, put in a half hour here and a half hour there, and it's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, let's go ahead and take a break here, and when we come back, we'll get into a little bit of news. 
Nerd Overload is a show produced under the umbrella of a nonprofit organization, Marion Community Radio WZMO. To help with our fundraising, we have become a member of Patreon. What is Patreon? Patreon exists because when creators are paid, they can create more amazing things. Things that inspire us, teach us, challenge us. Things that make us laugh. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it really easy for creators to get paid. We're using the idea of patronage, which is actually a really old idea. Exactly, Jack. If it weren't for patrons, we wouldn't have Romeo and Juliet or Mona Lisa, Mozart, Shakespeare, Da Vinci. They all had patrons. What can I do to help Nerd Overload? Patrons set a monthly subscription-style payment for the level of membership they want. Where do I go? Thousands of creators and creative teams are using Patreon to run their business their way. So if you're a professional creator, start a page and give your fans the opportunity to become patrons. Patreon.com slash nerd overload now. When a humble bar graced a ride along with Geralt of Rick, along came this song. When the white wolf fought a silver-tongued devil, his army of elves at his hooves did they revel. They came after me with masterful deceit, broke down my loot and they kicked in my teeth, while the devil's horns minced our tender meat. And so cried the witcher, he can't be bleed. Toss a coin to your witcher, O Valley of Plenty, O Valley of Plenty, oh. Toss a coin to your witcher, O Valley of Plenty. That bashes and breaks you And brings you to more He thrust every elf Far back on the shelf High up on the mountain From whence it came ah, He wiped out your past God kicked in his chest He's a friend of humanity so give him the rest That's my epic tale Our champion brethren Defeated the villain Now for him some
that was toss a coin to your Witcher from the Netflix Witcher series by I'm gonna try this. Okay, give Let's it a see shot. It Let's see what we can do. It yeah. Sonia Belasova and Giona Ostinelli. Good job. Wow, that is a mouthful. Yeah. All right. Good job. So hey, Cody, why did we play that song this week? Uh, besides it being a total banger. Yeah. Well, that be- besides that, <laughs> yes. Do you want to uh, know a fun fact about it? Yeah, let's hear it. Oh, it originally had a rap in it. <laughs> oh, seriously? Yes. When they were working on it, there was a point in time where they had a rap in it. Oh, my gosh. They cut the rap. Oh, bummer. <laughs> I kind of want to hear it. Yeah. Oh, man. Give the rap part to Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah. Get him in there. He, he'd do it. Oh, yeah. He'd do it. He, he'd do it for free. I... <laughs> right. My name is Jessica, and I'm here to say... Geralt's my pal in a major way. <laughs> that's probably what it was. That's it. Yep, that's it. So uh, so anyway, yeah, why did we play the uh, the Witcher song? Uh, Netflix has announced that they're going to produce a Witcher anime film. On top of the Witcher TV Sec- series? Yeah, that they have already announced the second season of. Yeah, that is, that's kind of yeah. interest- interesting news. I mean... The Witcher book series has been around for a very long time, and the games are very popular, and the show's popular, so I could, I guess there's more room. Yeah, the show's apparently been huge for them, which yeah. is kind of surprising, I think. Well, it's it's vaguely Game of Thrones-esque, yeah. and it's filling that void where if, if Game of Thrones were still around, this would be like kind of like, uh... Witcher. It would have went over like a wet fart. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, no, because it is good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, but no, so th- this anime, is is it like just a film or is it like a it's, series or I, was it? I'm pretty sure it's a film. It's a film? Now I'm second guessing myself. Okay. But I'm pretty sure it is a film. Okay. And the people that are working on the the live action version are going to work on this too. Okay. So it's like, it said kind of like side story, side story. Interesting. Interesting. Well, that's, I mean, Hey, more power to them. You what know, this really made me think though, is like, what does anime even mean anymore? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Witcher anime is like, what, what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I for, it, what it is. It's a Korean studio that's going to be doing the animation, so I mean, kind of. Well, is. kind of, but then again, a lot of a lot of cartoons, and you know this from listening to the What a Cartoon podcast. A lot of cartoons that were on Saturday mornings in America, they were all done by Korean and Japanese. Yeah, you they're know, all anime. Acom yeah. and um, uh, what TMS, were, TMS, Tokyo Movie Shinpan. Yeah, I think that's what well, it TMS. is. Yeah. TMS, yeah. I mean, tech, technically, Muppet Babies is an anime. Yeah. I mean, if we're getting real technical, because uh, it was all the, done by TMS. The real Ghostbusters the is real an Ghost anime. The real Ghostbusters is absolutely Inspector an anime. Gadget. Inspector Gadget is an anime. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it's... But I guess maybe it's because of a particular art style. Is it going to be in this kind of the same vein as the uh, Castlevania? That's... I think that's okay. how I'm picturing it in my yeah. head. Yeah, same, same here. I don't think Castlevania looks terribly anime, though. I th- I think it does in the way the Avatar: The Last Airbender shows do. Yeah, those because aren't... those aren't very, but it's like considered American anime, I guess. 
I'm speaking like I have any dog in this fight. I don't I think we care can about go this back stuff. To calling it Japanimation. Japan, there we go. Japanimation. That's it. Yep. Yeah. And I guess it just sounds better than adult cartoon. Yeah, I guess that. I guess that would be yes. That would that, be. Yeah, the, that makes it sounds like it's gonna get nasty. It is The Witcher though. <laughs> That's it true. very well could it get probably nasty. Probably will. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but no, I mean that's again the the project as a whole sounds really cool. Listen, if Netflix believes that there is room for two separate but equal He-Man projects, <laughs> there's room enough for two Witchers. I hope they get um, the guy that voices Geralt in the game to voice him in the the animated. Oh version. yeah, that would be kind of cool. I mean, if they don't want to pay uh, Henry Cavill, this would be just as good. Yeah. If yeah. not better. If, if not better. Yeah, yeah right. Just literally imitating him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, hey, speaking of people voicing things in animated projects, um, news, <laughs> that is a perfect yes, segue. You, you nailed that yeah, one. I nailed it. and That one deserves the air horn. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> when you least expect the air horn is when you will get the air horn. Um, no. Uh, so, yeah, Joel McHale from Community and a bunch of other stuff, stand-up comedian, that sort of thing, uh, is going to be voicing uh, Johnny Cage in an animated Mortal Kombat movie. And if you know anything about the character of Johnny Cage, it's, you, it seems you will about realize right. that is the perfect casting. <laughs> yeah, that seems that seems about right. Uh, I looked at the cast, like the other voices cast for the movie, thinking that maybe there were some other, you know, celebrity casting, that sort of thing. It seems like it's mainly uh, animated voiceover actors. Uh, a couple that kind of stuck out. Uh, Kevin Michael Richardson does a million things. Great Delisle, I guess Greg Griffin. Now she does. She's done a lot of things, but like Mikhail's like the big main kind of um, celebrity stunt casting, I it's, guess. Kind it's of good. Meta, uh, it's Mortal good Kombat though. stunt casting. It is instead of the other stunt casting they did in the game. Oh well. <laughs> oh Lord. <sighs> Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Boy, she is. She was just the worst. <laughs> Like I rewatched the uh, the story mode on MK11 a, a while back, and boy oh boy, everybody else is putting in, you know, doing the best they can. And man, she was just there. I mean, she probably was doing the best she could <laughs> because she's not an actress. She's not an actress. <laughs> she's also she tried being in the WWE for a while. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what her gimmick was? Uh, being Roddy Roddy Piper. She would no sell <laughs> other people's stuff because she couldn't like fake taking hits. <laughs> that was her thing. Her whole thing was like, I can take any hit without getting knocked down because secretly she didn't know how to take a fall. <laughs> yeah, that was. Yeah. Wow. Mm hmm. I just I can't believe it made it into the game. Like, I can't believe they didn't hear that and went like Ed Boone didn't go. Maybe this isn't a good idea. Well, <laughs> at that point, money had been spent. Yeah, I, I guess. Mean, I mean, you're going to spend all that money and not put Ronda Rousey in, <laughs> into your game? And, like, nobody was excited about it. Not a single person. That, when that news came out, everybody was like, like why? Why? <laughs> like, no. Her ship had majorly sailed at that point. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. That was bad casting. But Joel McHale, That's good, good casting. casting. That's good casting. He'll yeah. be very funny as Johnny Cage. Washed up actor Johnny yeah. Cage. 
you know, Mortal Kombat kind of comedy character. Comedy character. <laughs> who kind of almost became more of the main character as the series progressed. Like, um, because he's more interesting yeah, than Ed Boon, like, actively hates Liu Kang. And, like, for a couple of games, Liu Kang was just a de- undead zombie. <laughs> he was more interesting as an undead zombie who hated Raiden than just being like, I am protagonist man. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's do a couple other quick hits. Um, when you mentioned voice acting in cartoons, I yes. thought you were rolling into the Apu thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Which, yeah. I mean, I guess we can hit. We can go um, ahead and hit this real quick. I don't want to... T- I just kind of want to touch on this because it is technically news, but yeah. So uh, in a news article a week or two ago, um, Hank Azaria formally announced that he will no longer be voicing Apu uh, on The Simpsons. I haven't watched The Simpsons in years. Yeah, I don't watch the new ones anymore. Yeah, but uh, Cody, you said that Apu had been kind of phased out anyway. Yeah, um, I, I read this off of... Uh, I think Bob Mackey's Twitter. Oh, and he yeah. would know. He would know. He he's, does he's Talking car- Simpsons he podcast. Does, yeah, <laughs> that they kind of quietly written a poo out of the show in 2018 anyway. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a non. It's kind of a issue. non-issue. Yeah, this is more of like a confirmation that uh, the character will not be coming back. Um, at least not as Hank Azaria, but probably not. Probably at all just anyway. not coming back because beyond beyond having an Indian character be voiced by a non-Indian actor, which I can understand. This is a very touchy subject. This is why I don't know how far into this we should really get. I'm going to, because it is, I can see both ways in this one. Like I do love who is the character, but yeah. But I can also see the other side there. No, they're not wrong either. (laughs) Well, the, one of the main problems is that The Simpsons has lasted too long. At the time that The Simpsons was created, they were looking for as to get as many voices out of as few actors as possible. It was a time when no one would bat an eye at it. And yeah. Exactly, that too. Which, I mean, it doesn't make it right, but yeah. also, it's just what the time was. <laughs> it's, it is kind of what the time was. And if The Simpsons would have ended... 10 years ago like it probably should have should have if it would have ended with the movie people would, would yeah. that would have been fine i could see the other issue with apu beyond having you know a white guy voice a non-white character apu is kind of a stereotype is kind of a really broad yeah broad stereotype but I then mean, again everyone in in springfield yeah. is a very broad stereotype that's another thing that I could see both sides of. And and there is, he does have little details in his character that do make him a little less broad. And they they did work. They did work to make him less broad but it's, over the years. Yeah. But it's a little too little too late, yeah. I guess. And I can just, I can, it is for the best that the character is being shelved. I think they've done everything with him they could have possibly done anyway. I think they've done everything with the Simpsons they probably could do. Yep. If we're being honest, but that's neither here nor there. And I hate trashing on New Simpsons because it's not everybody thinks that. Everybody, like it's not, yeah. It's not an interesting opinion to go. It's oh, not. the Simpsons is bad now. It's like, well, yeah, yeah. They're but they're still out there giving it. They're all they're like, they're doing the best they can. Yeah. Dog on it and. But yeah, I mean it's it's sad to see the character go, but I can understand the reasonings behind it. Yeah, it's bittersweet. But yes, 
Yep. Who needs the quickie part? <laughs> I totally forgot about that song. <laughs> and here's where you can cut it. No, yeah, I will cut it in. <laughs> Uh, the floors are sticky, Mark. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So uh, let's do one more quick one before we get into kind of our big news for the uh, Captain Marvel 2. Captain Marvel yeah. 2. Yeah. That's kind of a big thing. That is kind of a big thing. It's official. Yeah, it, yeah, it is happening. Yes. And um, there isn't too much news to go along with that, other than that, it is official and Brie Larson is attached to come back. Um, the writers of the first one aren't doing this one. Right. It's uh, now the showrunner of WandaVision is writing this one. Which initially seems kind of like a weird poll, but one of the characters cast in WandaVision for Disney Plus is the grown up, like Carol's best friend's little girl in Mar- Captain Marvel 1 is grown up. Uh, in modern day, and is, Monica Rambeau is going to be a character in WandaVision. And uh, in the comics, Monica Rambeau uh, has light-based uh, superpowers and went by Captain Marvel for a while. She goes by Photon now, but she is a hero in her own right. So if WandaVision somehow is like the catalyst of that character gaining her powers and then it kind of follows into the Captain Marvel too. I think that is I think that's a smart move on um Disney Marvel on their on their side. Yeah, keep it keep it within the same storyline yeah. writer. Don't do a Star Wars. Don't do a Star <laughs> Wars. That is yep. <laughs> and I wish I knew what that writer's name is, but I'm blanking on it right now. It's being written by Megan McDonald. Okay, cool, cool. So Yeah, and that's that's awesome. Um you know, we have a female writer writing a female superhero, now, which is, you know, it, it does seem to help. Yeah, which is like com- the bare minimum. It, well, <laughs> listen, the, this is a sad time, but you know what? Sometimes the, the we're, bare lucky, min- to we're lucky to get the bare minimum. Yes. Now for a director, they could just tap the Soska sisters to that direct would, it. Yeah, and there, then we'd be, you know. There we go. Yeah. No, we're good. <laughs> They've already tweeted that. We want this. <laughs> let us direct this, please. Oh, sure. Yeah. I'd let them. They're competent directors. Yeah. yeah. And, they, and they've written comics. They wrote a, mm-hmm. a Black Widow series yeah. that I've heard is very good. Yeah. 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 I've heard good things about it as well. So, yeah. I mean, let them. Sure. Why not? All right. So, hey, we're going to go ahead and get into our uh, the last big kind of news uh, for the night. And um, like I alluded to earlier in the show, um, it is... A little departure from what we normally talk about, um, but there is a reason we're talking about it. Uh, so, to kind of preface it, this is more of a tech news kind of thing. And also sports news. And also sports news. And unfortunately, none of us are sports people. Well, I I watch sports, but I, I am not super great at articulating uh, sports. So, as they say, we're going to be calling in a ringer. Uh, we're going to have a special guest come on and going to actually discuss some of the uh, this this kind of topic. So um, we're gonna we're gonna call Sam's dad. We're gonna call my dad, and, <laughs> and he's gonna talk to us about baseball and uh, uh, some of the, uh, the the cheating uh, allegations that have come out um, from especially the World Series for the last couple of years. Um, so we're gonna go ahead and dial it, and we're using new technology here, our fancy dialatron. <laughs> 
That's what I'm calling it. Oh man, I, see, I should have got my text to speech app out. You should have, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello. Hey, Greg. Yes. Hey, <laughs> you're on the air with the uh, Nerd Overload. How you doing? Hey, good, Sammy. How are you guys doing? Hey, we're doing great. So uh, we did a little lead in to this whole deal with the um, the cheating in baseball and the uh, the players wearing wires and stuff like that. And uh, we just kind of yeah. thought that um, you know you can articulate you know what was kind of going on a lot better than than what we can. Uh, so uh, so yeah yeah. <laughs> you can be our sports correspondent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, listen, guys. All I, you know, all I know is what I've read and what I've seen reported on TV. But it's just, it's upsetting and it's disappointing. And you know, it's just high tech, high tech cheating. And it's, it's just, it's, it's just making it harder to be a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole thing is just. There's now monitors in the dugout. Okay, so you know, let's let's start with that. Let's start with um, why why are they putting monitors in the dugout? Why did that end up there in the first place? And then kind of go from there with you know what how that kind of snowballed into uh, this whole thing. Okay, well, it, again, just my opinion, but Major League Baseball brought that brought all this on themselves. Mm-hmm. Several years ago, they decided to introduce replay, and the original idea for replay in the big leagues was the sole purpose, as I understood it was to be an assist for umpires in calling home runs. You know, a lot of times, you know, there's different ballparks, uh, sun glare. A lot of times, umpires can't tell if the ball hits above the yellow line, on the yellow line, below the yellow line. There's some ballparks that have a second wall behind the outfield wall. Mm-hmm. It hits that wall, bounces back. So there was always, uh, it would happen occasionally where an umpire couldn't, tell whether or not a ball went over the fence or didn't. Right, right. And this was originally, as I understand it, originally the only reason why they brought replay in was to help umpires on home run calls. Okay, sure. So once they get it into the big leagues for this, then someone apparently had the brilliant idea, well, we've got replay, we'll give each manager uh, a, a, a replay, a chance to replay a call. So there's like a the physical field. monitor, like in each one of the dugouts, so that well, they can. Well, in order to do that, mm-hmm. in order to do that, they would have had to have brought a monitor closer to the dugout. Okay. Because if a manager is going to appeal a play and call for a replay, it has to be done before the next pitch. Right. So the right. decision has to be really quick. They've got to check the tape. They've got to make an instant decision, and the information's got to be relayed to the manager in the dugout Mm -hmm. instantaneously because he's got to, real quick, like now, before the next pitch, got to call for the replay or he can't. Right, and you know what, so far, I mean, I can can see how they would be adding an extra, you know, kind of superfluous step to the whole thing, but I can kind of, kind of see their, their under their reasoning behind doing all this. Now, how is this leading into the, uh, this whole cheating allegation, this whole, this whole thing? Well, apparently what, what the system that the Houston Astros apparently came up with, with the monitor just outside the dugout, someone decided, Hey, look, we can see the catcher signs. So they were watching the game on a live feed in mm-hmm. real time just outside the dugout. Okay, sure. You know, toward the clubhouse. Yeah. So you've got someone in there basically watching the game as it's being broadcast. Well, 
from the home from the center field uh, camera, mm-hmm. you see the pitcher and the catcher, and you see the catcher signs. Right. So, I mean, from there, it didn't take a genius. They were looking for the catcher to call for originally what he would call when he would call for an off-speed pitch. Okay, not sure. Not a fastball, not a curveball, but an off-speed pitch. And the original setup was there was a trash can in the dugout, and when the guy watching the monitor just just adjacent to the club, for, for, to the uh, dugout mm-hmm. would see that the catcher has called for an off-speed pitch, they would hit the trash can with the baseball bat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're up at the plate, and all of a sudden you hear him thumping on the on the trash can in the dugout. Mm-hmm. You know an off-speed pitch is coming. Right. You can either lay off it, or you know your pitch is coming in. It's going to be slower than a fastball. It's going to be slower than a curveball. You know what pitch he's throwing. Yeah, and I mean, and there, there's been so it started. It went, yeah, it started from that. Mm-hmm. But there's and always been like sign reading in in the major leagues, kind of. You know, um, there, there's always been sign uh, sign stealing. There's yeah. always been, and it was kind of an art, really. Usually, you know, back in the day, back when I was a kid, <laughs> there used to be an older ball player or an older coach who would sit on the end of the dugout and would just study the third base coach as he would go through his signs or, and, and pick up a rhythm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then from that, figure out what the opposing team signs were to the batter. You would have guys sit and they would study the pitcher where maybe he would on a fastball, he would maybe hold his glove uh, straight up and down. Okay. Okay. Sure. So then maybe he would notice that when he was going to throw a curveball, his glove might be slightly tilted. Yeah. So yeah. he was telling his pitches. So you know, it was it was intricate. It was an art. It was it was you know it was kind of neat. But now this is just high tech. You know, watching the game and then high tech to low tech. They're watching the game, and then they thump on the garbage can with yeah. the baseball. It bat. takes all the skill out of it. It, it does. <laughs> And it got well, even. Yeah, and it's just you know, and then it went from there. Then and it's been alleged now mm-hmm. that during the twenty, uh, what would have been the twenty seventeen World Series, mm-hmm. twenty eighteen, twenty seventeen, when the uh, the Astros, when the Astros played the Yankees in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and supposedly, supposedly, a couple of the players were wired. They had, <laughs> they had little buzzers taped to their chest, where he had gotten more refined from banging on the garbage can to now someone was, they would see what the pitch was coming in, and all of a sudden the batter standing at the plate all of a sudden gets a zip, zip, <laughs> and he knows what pitch is coming. Wow. Yeah, that is that now is really the, high tech. Jeez. You know, here's the real tell on this. Now, during the during the playoffs, uh, the 20, it was either 2017 or 2018 playoffs, um, the home and away splits for some of the Astros players were unbelievable. Their second baseman, Altuve, who won the most valuable player that year, during the playoffs of World Series, so this would have, would have counted that, you know, two rounds of playoffs plus the series. Mm-hmm. I forget how many games that went. But at home, the guy hit 475. Okay, so okay. a pretty high batting average, yeah. It's ridiculous. I mean, he got a hit almost every other time at bat. Yeah. Okay, at home. Mm-hmm. On the road, he hit 120. <laughs> okay, they had a, they got a catcher. His name is uh, McCann, who 
had reputation, a good catcher, good defensive catcher, not really known for his bat. At home, the guy hit like 366. Okay, yeah. On the road, he hit 081. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's glaring. Wow, and yeah. And the real tell, the real tell is when when Altuve hit the home run off of Araldus Chapman, the guy from the Yankees that throws like 101 miles an hour, and, and Jose Altuve is roughly 5'4", five, 5'5". Five, five. He's like the littlest guy in the big leagues. Okay, he hit a home run off of Chapman that in extra innings that won the game, eliminated the Yankees, and put the Astros in the World Series. Mm-hmm. So as he's rounding the bases, the whole team is out at home plate, and they've shown, I've seen this tape two or three times in slow motion, and as he's coming around third base, he's looking at his entire team around home plate. And he's holding his jersey, shaking his head, going, "No, no, don't take the jersey, don't take the jersey." Right, because they like because they were celebrating at the at home plate, right? Off. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he goes in, he goes into the plate, he ducks down, he's holding his jersey. Why did they want to pull his jersey off? If they'd pull his jersey <laughs> off, they would have found the wires. <laughs> I mean, you know, this is what's alleged, right? And it's just, it's just really disappointing. I mean, Houston has fired the general manager; they fired their manager. Mm-hmm. They find the team five million dollars. You know what? On a billion dollar, you know, billion dollar enterprise, mm-hmm. billion dollar plus for the Astros, five mil. It's like throwing five bucks in a hat. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. It's nothing. Yeah. But that no, it's, was it, all they were punished. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now the 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 bench coach for the Astros when this all got started was is a guy named Alex Cora. Mm-hmm. After that World Series win by the Astros, he was named manager of the Boston Red Sox. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, the next season, the Boston Red Sox won the World Series. (laughs) They're now under investigation for cheating, and Boston has fired him. (laughs) His association with Houston. Now, the Mets, over this past winter, uh, hired a new manager named Carlos Beltran. Carlos Beltran was a really good ball player. He finished The name sounds really familiar. Yeah. I I remember Beltran playing. Yeah, he finished his career in Houston mm-hmm. the year they won the series. Mm-hmm. And supposedly, he was very boastful about this system that they had. Okay? <laughs> he knew all about it. Well, he's now associated with this mess in Houston. Mm-hmm. So Carlos Beltran got fired from the Mets before he managed his first game. Wow. <laughs> he's gone. Wow. You know, the players, of course, are tight-lipped. Sure. They're not going to say anything. They're not going to rat anybody out. Well, sure, because it's if this very, if, it's if very they, frustrating. Well, sure, if they sneak uh, this this through, I mean, more teams will use this system. I mean, you know, it's well, yeah, well, you know, now the cover's blown. Sure. And supposedly one of the one of the brilliant ideas that MLB came up with is okay, they're going to uh, they're going to delay all the television broadcasts by eight seconds. Okay. So that. Essentially, if you're watching the game from behind the dugout and you're watching the feed, the eight seconds time when you see that the catcher see what the catcher has called for, mm-hmm. by the time you're able to relay that to the to the dugout or to the hitter, the pitch has already happened. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. see yeah. what I mean? Yeah, no, that makes so sense. That, that makes supposedly sense. Supposedly is going to be one of their answers, but I'm, it's just you know, it's just getting so hard to be a fan. Well, sure. Well, sure. Yeah, it's it's just discouraging. It's just it's hard to be a fan. And you know, one of the Indians pitchers came out and and said he meant this was a statement. He said, "Yeah, they're all ticked off because Boston knocked them out of the 
uh, playoffs a couple of years ago, right in the middle of all this cheating thing. Oh, sure, Boston, yeah. Supposedly, they said Boston had a camera. Boston had their own camera in the Indians' dugout. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's it's just it's just crazy. Yeah, it's but it's anyway. It's crazy how uh, how sophisticated this the cheating has gotten in in this particular case, it. and it's I think it's, this is unique in uh, different sports because, you know, there's so much time between the pitch and coming to the plate and everything. You would have the time to set up the, the, the technology where, whereas you wouldn't be able to do something like this in like a basketball or like, I mean, football, maybe, I guess, but like um, it's, it's kind of, un- this, this problem is unique to baseball. It seems like, is that, does that sound in a way, about in right? A way, I suppose. And then a lot mm-hmm. of that would have to do with the pace of the game, sure. which, Again, that's a that's a whole other thing. Sure, where people yeah. worry about the pace of baseball. Well, sure. My opinion: if you don't want to go to a baseball game and spend two or three hours, <laughs> don't go. Well, sure, sure. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, the no. Whole thing of speeding up the game is ridiculous. Sure. But, well, anyway, yeah. But, that's that's a different conversation like, like, for another show. <laughs> that's, a whole, that's that's a whole other thing. Like one of the Indians pitchers said, "You know what? I would rather face a guy on steroids than a guy that knows what pitch is coming in." Wow! Mm. Wow! <laughs> You think about it. You know, yeah, a guy sure. who knows exactly what pitch is coming in, mm-hmm. man, there's nothing stopping him. I mean, yeah. a guy on steroids, ah, you could slip one past him now and then. But chances are, if a guy in the major leagues at that skill level, if they know they're getting a curveball, they're going to hit a curveball. Right, yeah. If they know they're getting a fastball, they know, you know, they're going to hit it. Yeah. And um, and I, it, it's true. I, I understand his comment. I get it. Yeah. He's right. Yeah, I so agree. So it's just, I don't know, it, it, it's just discouraging. I mean, you shouldn't be surprised, you know, really. But, I mean, I mean, the team that should really be upset mm-hmm. is the Dodgers. Yeah, because yeah. Because the Astros, the Astros won the World Series, followed the next year by the Red Sox winning this World Series, and the team that both the Astros and the Red Sox beat was the Dodgers both years. Yeah, right. Yeah, they got so, they kind of got screwed both both got ways two there. They got by two teams who obviously were cheating. Right. Yeah. High tech cheating, and um, I I don't know. It's um, I'm sure we haven't heard the last of it. I'm I'm sure I'm sure as um, as we follow up more and more of this is going to come out. I'm sure. Well, well, listen. Yeah. Thank you, thank you very much for for uh, taking the time and kind of explaining this to us. Because uh, I mean, we we don't usually talk about sports too much on the show, but this is kind of a tech news kind of thing, and this is kind of you know, it's kind of interesting yeah, to kind of yeah, see the yeah, other yeah, end. It's interesting. Yeah. And, and why not try something new on the show? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, sure, hey, listen, I'm glad to talk to you guys, and uh, it has been a pleasure. It truly really has. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll let you go. Talk to you later. All right. All right. Yep. Bye. bye. All right. That was that was Dad's sports corner. That was Dad's sports corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just it's it's really interesting, and it's it you know it is kind of a shame that you know baseball that this whole thing is kind of happening. Um, yeah, that's like fifty percent of the game. It right is. There. It is right. Totally negated. Yeah, yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, how how elaborate. Yeah. The setup was, and I mean, yeah, I've. It's it's so elaborate. It sounds like a joke. It almost does. It. it almost seems like like a like a, a fan like a movie, yeah. like a some kind of comedy movie or something <laughs> like that. It's like you are gonna we're gonna wire you, and we're gonna put all this stuff. You know, you are gonna you're gonna be like RoboCop underneath your, your uniform. Yeah. <laughs> so you think of the Naked Gun? Yeah, right. <laughs> 
Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, we've made it to the end of the show, so uh, we should probably go ahead and wrap things up. You've been listening to Nerd Overload. Thank you very much for tuning in. You can find us each and every day over at nerdoverload.com. You can also check us out on various social medias like Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Nerd Overload Now. You can email us at staff at nerdoverload.com. You can give us a call and leave a message on the special Nerd Overload answering machine thing at... I don't know what to call it. We need to come up with like an official Next name week we'll it. have a snappy name for it. Yeah. 586-372-8020. That's right. You, you can know, find. Tell us about what you think about baseball. <laughs> yeah. Hey, why not? Listen, I've always said that nerddom shouldn't be just about movies and comics and stuff because sports nerds. Yeah, you can you have know? super specialized knowledge about Sup- anything. And I've, be a I've nerd always about said it. nerdity is is a super specialized knowledge about one specific topic, and yeah. So I so it it counts. Uh, you can find all of our back episodes on various podcast catchers like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. We have a Patreon, patreon.com backslash nerdoverloadnow. If you like the show and you want to help support us, you can check us out over there. You can actually get the show a couple days early. And finally, I'd like to thank David Pencil for the use of our intro and outro. You can find more of his stuff at davidpencil.com. And uh, again, thank you all for tuning in, and we will be back next week. Peace out. <laughs>